Morty's Devils, the podcast is the edited version of the limited run Dungeons and Dragons 5e actual play of the same name. wage their never-ending blood war for possession of the material plane. One man has alone stood against both sides in his effort to maintain the balance and thus preserve all life as we know it. We have known peace for a time. That peace is now threatened. Unable to do it alone, he has brought together an elite group of tieflings who all have a stake in the battle. They are called Morty's Devils. I'm Kyle. While I am still the Dungeon Master, editor, producer of the Actual Play podcast, Tavern Tales, which comes out every Wednesday wherever podcasts can be found, I've decided recently to put on my improvisational theater hats and mustaches and masks (laughs) and other things and try out this whole TTRPG as visual entertainment thing. So... Welcome to Morty's Devils, where every Friday up until Gen Con in August, I'll be taking three players from the stable and putting them through an adventure to keep the balance in the material plane. Today's adventure will be about three hours long, with a break in the middle for the players to get up and stretch their legs. And I'm hoping you're going to enjoy this game because I had a heck of a lot of fun writing it with Jeremy. We're keeping an eye on the comments in chat, because as the game goes along, I'm going to ask for things from those watching. So, will you help us out with some ideas? Because I'm looking at chat right now. Tell us you're there and say hello. Also, welcome to Game 6. Hopefully you've watched a few games by now and you're familiar with our premise, but I'm super pleased to give you Jeremy Chiquette's The Belly from the Beast of a Boeing, the Season 1, Episode 13 adaptation from A-Team in 1983. So, let's start things as we always do with the players. What was the order again? It's you, Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Great job. I'm on top of it. Okay. Uh, hi, I'm Rich. Uh, I'm at Quixotic on. Hi, Rich. <laughs> I'm at Quixotic on the social medias, and I am playing Kip Gregor. And uh, I guess we're just going to open up with the the description. Uh, so we open on a high shot of a solitary boat floating in the middle of the Sea of Swords. It's a simple, single-masted sailing boat built for short excursions. The camera quickly falls downwards towards the boat until it's about 10 feet above it. The boat is empty. We cut to a shot near the stern of the vessel where we see its name, the Point Break. Just then, a pair of horns break the surface of the water, followed quickly by the rest of Kip. 
He leaps from the water, propelled by his tail, with such force that he manages to land deftly on the deck of his boat. Within his hands is a heavily waxed bag. He takes care to wipe away whatever water may still cling to its surface before removing the book he discovered in the sunken tomb below. Verifying that it made the ascent intact, he places it back in the bag once more and sets to work on getting the boat headed back to land. And that's when he hears uh, the sending. Yeah? Kip, this is Mordenkainen. I need you to come in. All right, I'll, I'll be there. I just got gotta get back to shore. We'll teleport you now. But but my boat? <laughs> in three, two, one. Oh. <laughs> we don't know what happens to Kip. We don't know if he and his boat are do- are teleported by Morning Cannon, <laughs> or if it's just him and his boat is left behind. We'll find out soon. <laughs> to break upon the point as we move <laughs> to Mac. All right. Um, so the scene cuts to um, a very wide shot of one of Waterdeep's uh, largest and best known taverns. It's called the Yawning Portal. Uh you might know an adventurer who's been there. You might have been an adventurer who's been there. Who knows? Um, but the, uh, you know, the camera cuts to uh, a scene on the inside. Um, and it pans across all of the various guests who are inside. Um, mostly adventurers who are sitting in various armor and weapons. Um, and eventually pans past the bar and into one of the corners, which has been totally cleared out um, and is occupied by a bard sitting and playing a lute and um, a tall tiefling woman um, with tiger striped orange skin and long flowing dark hair. Um, the bard is playing music while the tiefling Zahira um, is Dancing with a pair of shining scimitars, she swings each of the blades in a skillful flourish while moving in time with his music. Um, and it's just absolutely a, a stunning sight. And what is she doing? Oh, she's she's dancing. While dancing. Yes. While spinning and swirling. Um, with swords. Yes. Mm-hmm. The... Uh, the telltale sign of Mordenkainen's sending comes through to Zahira's ears. Um, she strikes a pose as if she's finishing the dance, um, which is a little weird because it's in the middle of the song. Um, the song <laughs> uh, and she quickly runs off of like the makeshift stage that's been set up. Um, and answers the call. Zahira, it's Mordenkainen. I need you hey. to come in. Right now? Man, I'm in the middle of a set. The fate of the world is in balance. <sighs> All right. Um, I'll just have to tell them that I'm uh, ending early. I'm sure they'll know you're gone. <laughs> and the teleportation happens. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> The camera cuts to an empty stage and patrons who started to clap have stopped clapping and an MC comes on. And just as he's about to speak, we fall, we swap scenes to Fennec where Mal and tell us where Malancholy is. So 
Um, Melancholy is sitting alongside of Lake. She has a book in her hands, and on the cover, there's this dashing female pirate captain with, you know, long billowing hair, and in her arms is this dainty, young-looking woman dressed in, you know, uh, uh, noble-ish type clothing, falling backwards yes. like this, and Mal's just, you know, <laughs> oh my, <laughs> just enjoying her little uh, saucy book as she's just taking some time off from doing cleric things. That's it? Um, She's, you know, occasionally humming to herself as she reads in between the giggles. <laughs> okay. Uh, while you're reading the book, the sending comes in. Morty, I'm rather busy right now. Can this wait? Um, it's Mordenkainen, Mal. Oh, uh, right. Hello, sir. Carefully tucks the book into her pocket. Uh, I need you to come in. Right, of course, yes. Jolly good. All right. Am I going now? That would be appreciated. Well, all right, then let's get a move on. Do, 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 do. Were you expecting someone else's call? Uh, no, 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 no. Um, there's another Morty here at the temple who's very annoying. Anywho. You don't say. Yes. (coughs) (laughs) The teleportation happens. The book falls to the ground uh, open and the the, um, pages flip as the bookmark falls out of the book. No! Oh no! (laughs) Of course, Mal's not there to appreciate that, or not appreciate that. As we devolve to Bosley's office, we see Bosley's name on the door. The door opens, and inside of the office are our three tieflings, Mordenkainen's devils. They are all here, and Bosley's standing there once again with the rock that has the magic mouth that summons to forth uh, Bos- Mordenkainen's uh, voice, and you can see as well there are two other individuals in the room. Uh, there is M.A. Maracas, whom Kip has met before, and another individual in a ball cap. And we'll get to them in a moment as Mordenkainen's voice comes through the magic mouth and takes precedence. And it says, Good evening, devils. Good evening. Good evening, Morty. This is not getting any better. It looks like a difficult mission awaits you. One of my Spelljammer Nautiloid ships is in a bit of a bind, having been taken over, it seems, by pirates, and the crew held hostage. My dear friend, Captain Beller, is an illithid merchant, and they were only recently able to get words to us when the ship made an order to purchase fuel from a way station outside of Orth. It's up to you, devils, to recover the vessel and save the hostages. Can I count on you? Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Bosley then will help you with the travel and incidentals. Oh, and devils? Good luck. You're going to need it. And when he says that, I spilt the beans earlier. You all have inspiration to start the game. Woo-hoo! Yay! That is what the blue D20 is in front of your faces. Or li- I could literally just put it on your face. Oh, no. Let's do that for Rich. The Rich is <laughs> no, D20 not my beautiful face. face. I was going to say it would match mine. Yes. <laughs> I don't want to put it on Vedic's face because then it'll get lost. That's amazing. <laughs> 
Okay. Maracas and his associate are standing there. There's also some, um, there's a book on Bosley's desk. Um, chat can tell me what it's called. It looks like the same book that Fennec was reading, uh, or sorry, Mal was reading before you got summoned away. So Bosley's there as well as, um, these two individuals. What would you like to do? Yo, what's up, M.A.? How, how's it been? I haven't seen you in, like, a little while. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Cut the jibba-jabba! I didn't pay no fools to get over here! Get down and let's get going! Uh, I sure, sure miss that, that wonderful energy you got, man. <laughs> you got the gold this time? We need to get a trip going. And whoever has the gold has the rules. <laughs> what? You know, I just wanted to tell you, Rip, was it? It's Kip, man. But Kip. But I'll go with Rip. You just, just feel with your heart, man. It takes a smart guy to play dumb. <laughs> okay. So, so what are we doing? What Mordecai said. I know, but like, you got any like extra info? Yeah, we got to get to the spaceport. I'll help you along the way. Is Bosley coming? Because he was, he was really clutch last time. Bosley? Ain't no Bosley coming. You're getting Maracas. Maracas is the one who's going to help you save the day. <laughs> and you're okay if we fly? What? What are you talking about? Flying. He's going to teleport us there. Oh, okay. Right? <laughs> what are you talking about, Burdock? Does anybody else wish to talk to Maracas at this time? <laughs> nice to meet you, Maracas. Melancholy. Nice to meet your acquaintance, too. I like the horns. They're sweet. Good to meet you, I say, bowing with a flourish. I'm Zahira. You a tiefling? Got some hair on you. I like the furs. I, I am a tiefling, yes. Wait, we are all furs. tieflings. All of the devils are tieflings. You're not a cop, is you? <laughs> of course I'm not a cop. What would I, why would I? Why would I be a cop? Me? I get it. <laughs> uh, Maracas is there. If you wish to engage with him again, uh, you might not want to. <laughs> but there's is another good. individual here. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, hey, how's it going? Yeah, Burdock here. Bad Burdock. Nice to meet you. Nice to make your acquaintance. <laughs> Good to meet you, too. I offer a hand for him to shake. Yeah, touching. Mm. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, they busted me out for this. I'm really excited. Me too, man. Same. Busted you out? They, uh, they busted you out of where? Oh, I was um, counseling. You gotta always get in touch with, right. your, with your inner burdock, you know? That's the thanks. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what's this book? Oh, wow. Captain of my heart. Oh, I, I think I've, I've read this several times. It's a delightful read. Delightful. Is this yours? Uh, no, I mean, I... Oh, my copy didn't come with me, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> that looks like a... Looks like a pretty good book. I think I could get into something like that. Yes, it's uh, quite uh, the... The sh scenes on naval battles are uh, most most informative. Yes, I I felt that it was much more of a love story, a uh, romance between the captain and his vessel. He really worked the stick really well, and I just 
uh, you know, it, it struck a chord with me. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yes, um, I suppose you could say it's that. Yeah, well, that's B. That's Bad Burdock right there for you, and Bad Burdock is available to speak with as well as we move <laughs> forward. And Bosley steps up, and Bosley says, um, "Is that everything, devils?" And Bosley is his usual self. His suit is rumpled. His face is crumpled. He looks put upon, and definitely he looks tired and exhausted mm. because he's had an actual time out in the field. And he says, I certainly hope that I'm not required to assist you this time round. What? You were, like, instrumental. High five, man. Well, more of a percussionist than anything else, good sir. Ah, I like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. So Play drums, huh? Indeed. I was making a joke. I hit a man on the head with a oh. oar. Ah, all right. Was going to say, if you, uh, if you were, we should jam at some point, but, uh, you know. Yes. Well, then, if that's everything, I'll escort you to the teleportation circle. Mal's going to lean over to Bosley and just whisper into his ear, wait till you get to chapter five. It's really good. Of this episode? The book. Oh, good. That's far too meta for me. (laughs) (laughs) We're not not breaking that fourth wall yet. Mac, you guys teleport. Describe the 1980s graphic visual of the teleportation that sends you to where you need to go. It's like a magical girl sequence, you know, with like all the colors and stuff in the background. I mean, there's no... There's no, like, outfit changing or anything. Or actually, no, maybe there is, because we're going into space. Yeah, um, well, not yet, but yes. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, but, you know, there's there's all the colors in the background and, you know, uh, some some jaunty, like, synthy tune. <laughs> I love it. So not A-team style, but it is 80s style for sure. The 80s Mac remembers, which is bubbly cartoons. Uh, Bosley says the command words, which are Mercury Bubbles, Splash. <laughs> the scene dissolves and we arrive ourselves upon an airship dock an airport way station uh chat if you could um this way station hangs up in the clouds and there are there's room for three ships to dock here in triangular fashion can you chat describe a couple of the ships for me and and because there's only two there and i'll pick which one i like the most meanwhile um Rich and Mac and Fennec, can you help describe the bustle of the air dock? It is very busy, and can you describe some of the activity that's going on? I would imagine there's probably some figure trying to carry, like, way too many packages. Like, you can't see them behind it, and, like, they're constantly trying to keep it from tumbling. A package will fall, and they'll have to try to, like, hold everything up while trying to grab that package, too. And it's just, it's going to fall. <laughs> cool. Benick. Um, There is a, like, food stall. And it has several different languages, like, flashing through magic on top of it, saying what types of food there are. And there's the huge, burly orc in the kitchen just 
chopping up food and throwing it into a wok and just you can smell it. It smells delicious. And a whole bunch of people are sitting there with bags and parcels and, you know, trying to grab a quick meal before they go on their flights anywhere. Perfect. And Mac. Of course, there are people of all different, like, uh, you know, all different races and everything milling about. You hear a loud argument between a dwarf and an elf. You know, if you listen for a moment, uh, you hear that it's actually about which ice cream flavor is better. (laughs) They're both holding ice cream cones and very loudly debating. I I love it. I I want to hear some of this. The camera pans by and we focus in. Rich, you're the elf and Fennec, you're the dwarf, please. (laughs) All right, I'm telling you, it's Rocky Roll that's the best one. It's got the marshmallows, it's got the candy, and it's got, you know, the little tiny nuts in there too. You get everything that you want in it. Oh, you you fool. It's purely vanilla swirled with chocolate. (laughs) That's such a plebeian view. <laughs> okay, the camera pans back. We see the three of you are gathered there, and Zahira, uh, mm-hmm. M.A. Maracas, is clutching your shoulder desperately. And mm-hmm. he says, We're in the clouds! We're in the clouds! We're in the clouds! <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're in, we're in the clouds. We sure are. Jesus, Mary Joseph, and a daddy canoe! <laughs> <laughs> what am I gonna do? You'll be, you'll be all right. You'll be all right, buddy. Just don't look down. Kip goes over and just starts like giving him like a massage. Like it's okay, buddy. He's rigid just, and just catatonic. Straight up, his hands has his his big meaty man paws have gripped a hold of Zahira's bicep, the right bicep, and he's locked up. His eyes roll back in his head, and he just freezes right there. The two ships that you can see ported, docked at the port, one of them is called the Gild- the Gliding Belgian, and hopefully that is enough of a description right there for you. The other one is something eerily similar, but legally distinct from the Flying Dutchman, and there are lawyers on board <laughs> arguing back and forth about uh, the, lo- the rights to this particular... Um, yeah, I should have said that, OG. Okay. Um, there... I will add one last thing. So there's two ships docked, and they could one of those ships could be the ship that you are looking for right now. The the one that has been abducted and has been taken over by pirates that you need to go and fetch back. It could be that ship right there. Or it could be a ship that could dock at that third that third port for that for it. But there's also a pier that you can see where skiffs come and go, and there are like floating canoes and floating rafts and whatnot that come in out of the clouds and tie off there and they're loading supplies onto and whatnot on this pier which is on a lower section down what would you like to do i think kip would try to go to some official person that looks like they know what's going on and talk to them okay how do you know that they look official then what what are you looking for from an official looking person I'm picturing a, a person in a, a really sharp vest, one of those like conductor hats type kind of thing. Like it's like the the, the really like uh, cylindrical like sh- flat topped hat with the, like the the short visor and probably like a not really a metal badge but like a really intricately um, uh, embroidered like symbol for like the docking area. 
You see no one like that. Oh, Zero people dressed like that. That is not good. Perhaps mm. uh, we could ask the orcish gentleman over there. Mal points to the food stand. He might have seen somebody come in. Uh, maybe we'll, someone there will know something. And we. I was thinking the exact same thing. And we can get snacks. Yes, it does smell rather good. I could, uh, I could really go for some snacks right now. It smells great. And I am super hungry. Oh my god. Get some noodles. Yeah. I love noodles. Uh, Let's go. are you and your friend joining us? Uh, yeah, um, uh, Maracas is gonna have to- I don't think you can unhook him. He, you're gonna have to just drag him around uh, until he comes to- <laughs> Look at all these ships. I'm gonna roll my eyes a little bit and like kind of try to pry them off. Okay, yeah, make a strength athletics check. All right. First roll of the night. Okay, let me pull up my sheet for my modifiers. That's a 15 on the die. And that means it's actually a 14. <laughs> uh, Zahira has minus one to strength. Yeah, no, Maracas is assuredly uh, sealed up and clasped to you. If you wish to go anywhere, you're going to have to drag him around and you will be therefore encumbered as you move about the... Ugh, all right. Of course I didn't prepare levitate. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is a space adventure, right? I don't need levitate. <laughs> uh, I would like to try if I could it's not a special skill it's just I'm making up on the spot uh, a like pressure point to see if I can like make him make his hand at least relax do you have medicine uh, I am not proficient in medicine then you wouldn't know where it even start rats <laughs> mm. alright you begin to drag around maracas as you head over to the orc to have uh, a conversation and pick up some uh, some snacks. Greetings, good sir. Do you have a moment? She asked the orcish man. Uh, Rich, play the orc for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what do you want? Um, we were wondering, have you perchance seen a ship come in that perhaps has some um, more unsavory elements upon it? I don't hear any. And water I'd like some noodles. Yeah, there, there we go. I'll get, I'll get you some noodles. <laughs> Could I have noodles and an answer to my question, please? Since you're a customer, okay, sure. Uh, no. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> you get your noodles. You're standing now, um, Zahira. You're, uh, you're totally encumbered. One arm is holding the noodles. The other arm has got maracas attached to it. Uh, it doesn't look like your colleagues have helped you at all with moving maracas around. You all have noodles now and still don't know what you're up to. Looks like one of the ships is making to depart. The the gliding Belgian is be is uh, for unfurling sails and beginning to fly away. All right. Now. Would a ship that's been taken hostage look different? I would assume they would try to not look at any more suspicious than a normal ship, but that is only what I know from reading. Hmm. I mean, we could just ask. Uh, meanwhile, I've just got my face in the bowl of noodles. Uh, let me... I have no free hands. <laughs> <laughs> 
Mal notices yes. this, and can she try the pressure point thing since she's proficient in medicine to see if Brockus will let go? Oh, yeah. If you're proficient in medicine, you don't even need to roll. You know exactly what to do to help unclench him. He uh, falls catatonic, uh, rigid to the ground. Uh, ooh, ooh. Thunk, his head hits the uh, the pier. Uh, oh, thanks. I didn't mean to do that, though. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's okay. I'm going to move over and kind of, like, poke him with a foot. My my feet, uh, as a side note, are not human feet. They're, like, digitigrade cat feet. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ah. Yeah. Hey, Maracas, bud, you all right? I, I pity the fool. I, I pity. <laughs> I pity. 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 Well, right, he's he's fine. Right. He's fine. We can just, uh, can we, can we leave him? I don't think we can leave him. Well, he's 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 got a bad burdock with him. Yeah. Burdock will look after him, right? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I can stay. I mean, I, sure, yeah. He kneels down to tend to Maracas. He's, it's, it's okay, Maracas. We'll, we'll be fine. Right, um, here you go, so you can two can have something, and she's gonna give her noodles that she hasn't touched yet. <laughs> to uh, 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 <laughs> thanks. Uh, he puts the noodles on Maracas's head. <laughs> <laughs> All right. At, at least he's being useful now. Perhaps we should go check out that ship that's leaving. Hopefully, we could see something. Let's do it. All right, you head for the ship that's leaving. Make your way All through right. the bustling crowd, the three of you, three strong, tall tieflings. Maneuver through the bustling, busy crowds. Excuse me, sorry, pardon me, excuse me. But down the pier, of course, there's nobody on the, you're heading out down the, the docking part for the the gliding Belgian as it sets sail and leaves. And does not, uh, there is a gentleman there with a clipboard. Chat, um, can you uh, just give me three descriptors for this individual? Um, Fennec, what's their sex? Immediately that we can determine. Uh, female. It's a lady, all right. And Rich, are they tall or short? I'd say they're, like, extremely tall, but thin. Tall. I asked for one thing, and you <laughs> gave me two. Tall and a th- uh, with a thin butt, I believe are the words you actually said. <laughs> Tall with a very thin butt. Mac is trying to help in chat. <laughs> Mac, you can leave the chat people to do chat. No. I'll come back to you. Don't worry, you're going to get direct I'm being helpful. <laughs> she has pigtails. Mm-hmm. Um, they are not, ac- it's not hair, it's actual pig's tails. Uh, oh my. Coiled about. Uh, they look really cool in a, a like a modern sort of a, a skull cap sort of appearance, right? Pigtails right. woven around, actual pigtails uh, with freckles. And it's a the thin tails butt, freckles? Katie, not a big butt. Uh, orc freckles and the pigtails are freckled as well. And Mac, what is this person's name? She's wearing a little name tag on her shirt. Uh, it says Cargash. Cargash. Cool. Yes. Yes. It is a it is a good orc name. And Mac, how do you know that this person is the port officer? She is. Uh, well, Ada, it says it on her name tag right below her name. Uh, Cargash, port <laughs> officer. 
That said, she is also wearing like a very official looking outfit. You know, she's got like a a, a nice button down shirt and like a uh, like a vest. She's dressed a little bit fancier than uh, you know the rest of the crew that's there. Okay, yep, you can tell immediately, the three of you, you have found the port officer. They are walking back down the dock with a clipboard in hand. Ahoy there. That's, that's, you're supposed to say stuff like that. Yes. (laughs) Hello, I'm Zahira. It's nice to meet you. Yes. Uh, You're the port officer. I can, I can see uh, from your name tag. Yes. It's very good to meet you. We've been, uh... We've been wondering um, where someone in some authority position might be. Cargash uh, just walks past you. Uh, uh, s- oh, excuse me, a- a- excuse me, ma'am, ma'am. She turns while still walking, looks at you quizzically, and says, "Yes." Uh, we do. We do have a few questions for you. Uh, Make an insight check, all three of you. That is a natural one. Well done, Fennec. That's an eight all for right. Kip. What'd you get, Kip, again? Eight. Eight. Well I got done, a 17. Zaheer is the only one to recognize that maybe this person doesn't speak common. Hmm. So I'm going to run up after her and I'm going to say in Orcish because I know oh, Orcish. Excellent. Um, I've spent some time around some orcs. That's what you say? I'm sorry? No, that's not what I say. Um, <laughs> I say, excuse me. Uh, we <laughs> Do you have time to answer a few of our questions? All right. Please say that in Orcish. The <laughs> subtitles will appear at the bottom of the screen of what you had just said. Um. <laughs> She says to you, um, which is like, your orcish is very rusty. Why are you laughing at me? <laughs> which translates to, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at myself. I know that I'm very bad at orcish. <laughs> well, she only speaks orcish, which is interesting for a port officer. Mm-hmm. But she does uh, She does pause and stop then. Fennec, you rolled a one on your insight check. It looks to you like Zahir ran up and just started swearing at the port officer. And the port officer just started <laughs> swearing right back. Zahir, I really don't think it's a good idea to swear at the officials. We, we should really stop. She kind of goes over and starts to like try and pull her away. <laughs> I, I, I turn around and I kind of like wave her off. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. This is orcish. It's fine. Oh, I thought you were like <laughs> choking on your noodles. <laughs> <laughs> That's I know my accent's funny. just really bad. It's fine. It's okay. Cool. So so what'd you say? Well, I gotta, um, I mean, she speaks, she only speaks orcish, I think. I gotta, I gotta ask her some questions. Ask her how long she's been doing this job, because it seems terrible for someone to just only speak one language at a port. You know, Zahira, since your character, since Mac, your character Zahira already speaks orcish, then mm-hmm. you know that asking a question like that would re- result in, like, immediate co- ritual combat. Yeah, like, no, she like, would, she's gonna kill me if I ask her that, I can't. 
Yeah. Has she seen anything fishy? <laughs> okay, I'm going to go up to her, um, yeah. and I'm going to relay the question. This will be the last time you speak in Orcish. Oh, thank we'll do God. The rest of this in the normal <laughs> translated. It'll it'll fade out of Orcish and into common so that everyone at home can you know, follow along more easily since it seems like this is going to be a longer scene. So, what do you say in Orcish? And then we'll do the translation. Ah. Uh. <clears throat> oh, man. <laughs> this is literally Zahira doing this right now. She's All right. Trying to figure out how to say things because she hasn't spoken Orcish in how long? Since high school, man. Oh, very, a very long time. Since, since uh, high school. Was <laughs> <laughs> <is> her elective? <laughs> no, I. Uh, or, orcish. Ah, uh, not. Uh, not my first language. I'm sorry. Come back. Um, <laughs> she turns, gives you a, a a contemplative look, waits for you to give your one orcish line. Did you throw like a little like cat purr in there and that's what brought her back? I, d- I did. I did. <laughs> um, it comes out sometimes. I'm going to say, Zorlaki, ah, Ulan, Karin, ah, Perez. Zorlaki, ah, Kadabadukanewa? Ah, one, ah, shipments. Ah. Shipment. Shipment. Uh, shipment means grandmother in Orcish. Oh, no, no, uh, not. Ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no shipment. Ah. Uh, Parledon. I kind of, I kind of make like a, you know, gesture. <laughs> the conversation now translates into, into common so that everyone can understand it who is viewing at home. As you have asked after. Uh, any strange shipments and anything that looks fishy around here. And the orc lady tells you, no, no fish. This is Skyport. Oh, no, not 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 fish. I mean, shipments. Uh, lots of shipment all day. Anything strange? Anything that seems like it's not supposed to be here? This is Skyport. Many strange things all time. Hmm. Ah, uh, what's the what's the strangest shipment that you've seen today? Belgian waffles. Hmm. All right. And uh, where did that come from? The Belgian waffles went away on the flying Belgian. Oh man! Of course. Maybe we could ask her. Like, did she see any like people who look scared, oh. or like, oh, one man, big black mohawk. Okay, besides him. Besides no. him. We've seen him too, and he was very scared. No. Hmm. Ask Whoa. if pirates frequent the pool, maybe? <laughs> no pirates. Pirates are bad. Well, they're privateers, but uh, ships dock and drop off cargo, pick up passengers all the time. Hmm. What about, like, the cargo of the remaining ships? Like, is there anything of value? That is strange question. Very strange question, Tiefling. Why you ask after things of value? Because we're looking for people who want to steal it. Oh, okay. Why? What is going on? We're hired to, to help people out. Seems like some shady stuff is going down on your watch. Are you porters? 
No. I'm sorry, what's a porter? Carry packages for ship. Off ship, offload things, put things on. Oh, no. Man, I thought that was a type of beer. I, I think that uh, Kargash thinks you're flirting with her, and she's like, maybe after shift? Okay, I'm down. I just- but not you, fuzzy one. Oh. <laughs> I kind of I kind of laugh a little bit and put a hand on her shoulder. I say I uh I might be. Uh is this really the time? We'll talk about that later. But right now, Kargash, darling, uh we need these questions answered. Okay, I I answer questions. What you have for questions? Let's talk about uh I don't know, privateers. How how many how many privateer ships do you uh see coming through? Yeah, she gives you an answer. <laughs> Lots. I think the well might be dry on this one. Yes, I believe. Yeah, maybe. So if you I recall at the intro, you may have forgotten, which is perfectly acceptable, but you believe the only reason you know that the ship may be docking here or is connected to here at all is because it's picking up fuel containers to continue ah, on its route, which that's right. might help you a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I, I love the fact that everyone had forgotten it because the light of recognition, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Chat, why don't um, you describe what fuel, magical fuel containers could possibly look like while our players begin the process of maybe asking after that? You've gotten in, so ask, ask have she seen any ships just fueling and not taking on any other cargo or anything like that? All right. That's a really good question, Mal. Yeah. You know, have you seen any ships just coming in for fuel? Oh, Lots. Ships dock for fuel or send send skiff. Where do they usually go for that? For fuel? Do they have to dock here? Or is it somewhere else? Some ships dock for fuel directly, and some ships send skiff. Have any docked here recently for fuel? Yes. Gliding Belgian docked for fuel. Valkanet fuel, it's called. Hmm. Very explosive in lower end. Very erudite fuel. Verbose. (laughs) (laughs) It's an interesting kind of fuel. Yes. Uh, Powerful. How'd they start calling it that? Like I see it. (laughs) Have anybody who's come in for fuel, like, not been chatty, not been friendly, maybe secretive... Belgians share many waffles. What about this, like, third port that was empty? Is anybody scheduled to come in on that? Yes, ship scheduled dock 8 p.m., which is, like, four hours from now. Hmm. Do you have, like, a name? A Fennec, what is the name of this other ship that's going to dock? The... The... Duck. The the Duck. (laughs) The, The Duck is called... It looks like a rubber duck. Ducks are, are fun. You, you name you name your boats after what you love. Yes. I mean, I Captain, think ducks are pretty great. Captain Ernie is nice person, but... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was because my childhood was a lot of Sesame Street. <laughs> Same. What about this other ship? Like, how long have they been here? 
Oh, that ship, uh, Rich, what's the name of that ship? Didn't we already have a name for it? Oh, well, it's technically called the Legally Dissimilar from the Flying Dutchman, but I practically identical. So it might have a different name. We could go with uh, the chat suggestion of the Brittle Bungalow. <laughs> okay, sure. Like the Brittle Bungalow. Mac, that ship is not here to pick up fuel. That ship is here for some other purpose, some interesting purpose, but not connected to our adventure. What is that purpose? It's dropping off a shipment of magically enabled gemstones that each contain the essence of one singular spell. They were all manufactured by a powerful wizard. The powerful wizard is called HMS Conard. And that is what's happening with that ship. So you can definitely tell that this is not connected to your mission or related. It is interesting and possibly great to steal because that would be worth a ton of money to steal these gems and hold single spells on them, but not connected to your mission or adventure at hand. Perhaps we should go down to where they get the fuel and ask if they've seen anything suspicious. I like how you think. It's a very good idea. Uh, can you ask your friend which way we need to go for that? Yeah, which way do we need to go to get fuel? Talk to the people who distribute the fuel, rather. She misunderstands you and believes that you're asking to meet up with her later after her shift at the tavern, <laughs> and she points directly to the tavern. However, you can also see that across the thoroughfare of the of the port, across the airport itself, you can see the down stairs which rich will describe for us that lead to the pier itself chat can you just give me three individuals that are hustling and bustling down there that i can then use in my description of the pier as you head down where the skiffs and rafts and canoes and whatnot pull up and take on things for ships that don't dock at the airport because they need smaller amounts of items or they just uh, don't want to pay the docking fee itself they send out a a manned ship this is the underneath of the dock we're talking about? Yeah, down below. It's further down. Okay, so as you go down, it, it gets a little darker, but there's multiple, like, lanterns of, like, varying colors. So it's it's almost like neon, but obviously not neon. And you've got, like, really sketchy-looking people hanging around, like, smoking in corners and... No, no, uh, just describe the stairs, Rich. The stairs for me. <laughs> oh, the stairs? Yeah. yeah, I just want the stairs down. Okay. J- stairs? They're- <laughs> wow. That's I'm, not descriptive. I'm confused. Like, they're stairs. Okay. Yeah, I'm not picturing it, what but are, right. what are they? What are they made of? We don't get to see that scene. It gets cut now and left on the drum. Oh, no! Floor, and it's not part of the thing. You're just suddenly on the next level down. The camera pans instead from a guy hanging from an antenna. He seems to only have one hand. He has a flashlight dangling from his belt. He looks like he's badly cut up and has got some marks on his eye, maybe from getting hit by a big heavy metal object. And he's hanging from this antenna. And you're, you can't quite out make out his word. He, it looks like he's saying Freya, Freya, Freya. But anyway, we move on and we see our crowd of friends are walking. These three tieflings are walking down the pier and we see three ne'er-do-well looking characters. We see Toad Killer Max and he is a bullywug. 
and he has skull and bones tattoos all over his chest and arms. We see Frankie Knuckle. (laughs) Frankie Knuckle is the Jewish kid from the Sandlot with the really big Coke bottle glasses who makes out with the girl uh, lifeguard. And we see Susan Stairmaster, but we don't see her very well because she's actually in charge of the stairs and they're being refurbished and refinished because no one can properly describe them. And that's how we get to the area here. Now, you can see the fuel cells immediately first thing is you can smell the them because the smell of the i'm just looking back up in chat here it smells like baked beans (laughs) is what wafts in the air and if you follow the smell of baked beans you will you will find these fuel cells the fuel cells themselves, though, are actually, in fact, uh, caskets of uh, that look a lot like big mushrooms. So they have a big cylindrical top that has that looks puffy and whatnot that you would s- screw onto the top of it, and it looks like a big mushroom. And you can see that a small amount of them are being loaded onto a skiff, and this skiff is being piloted by a few neogi. Do you know what neogi? are no Uh, okay they are kind of smallish spidery looking people creatures and uh (laughs) see if i can i can pull one up for you here yay spider people if their name's not peter parker why They have really long necks and kind of look like alien creatures. They have multiple legs, little mm, little arms lovely. that work in front of them. They wear clothes. Um, they have intellectual eyes and mouths and whatnot, but they are actually quite small creatures. They're very tiny. These ones are not medium. They're small. And there's two that are tiny as well. And they're rushing around trying to pick up these fuel cells and load them onto a skiff. Chat can describe for me what this skiff looks like while my players approach this, because it definitely looks along the lines of what you're looking to do today. Hello, my fellow friends. How goes it? Do do they even know Common? They don't reply to you at all. They look to be busy trying to heft these heavy, heavy fuel cells. There's only three of them, these fuel cells, that they're trying to put onto the the display. And I've pulled up a Neogi for you all. They're real creepy looking. Oh, Here's a Neogi. That's what they look like. Hopefully I described that well enough for you. Oh, I don't like that. (laughs) Yes. I don't like that. Google it further because it is a heck of a lot creepier uh, when you see the full picture. But that's a a good heads-on picture of this Neogi. They are running around, four of them, two very small and, uh, sorry, two tiny and two small. Right. Hello. Excuse me. Can, is there anyone here who would be able to help us? They don't seem to be apparently paying any attention to you. Um, the skiff uh, looks like it uh, is a heavy port barge covered in black tar, uh, but it floats of its own volition. And and there you go. I'm going to... Let's see how this works. I'm going to cast friends on them. Sure. So how... How Kip casts friends is he he takes a little hair oil and then he just rubs his hand through his hair. And he's like, hey, 
You think you can and help what's us? The, what's the verbal component for friends? No verbal component for friends. No, in my world, there's a verbal component. You have to speak. You have to tell me what the Aww. verbal words are that are for friends. Just, hey, little buddy. <laughs> I love it. I love Kip so much. Please note, every time you say, hey, little buddy, that's casting friends. <laughs> if you pair it with the other stuff, too. What? Well, I guess. Hey. Okay. Uh, that's a saving throw for them, isn't it? It just gives me advantage on all charisma checks Okay. directed at one creature. So I picked the one that looks like it's in charge. That is not something you're able to immediately tell. The one of the bigger ones is possibly the one in charge, but you cannot really discern or determine. They're not speaking either. They're three of them are trying to heft one of these fuel cells and they're having a great deal of difficulty getting it onto the skiff. I would think then I would focus it on the one that looks like it's working the hardest. Okay, sure. Yeah, you focused on the. I mean, I, I don't mind your friend's spell hits all of all oh, four okay. of them, and they all you have advantage on persuasion checks against all four of them. Cool. So I was wondering if like maybe you could uh, tell us a little bit of what you're doing. You know, I got some some leftover noodles. If you're hungry, you look like you're you're hard at work. You can also see that the skiff has teeth and a tongue on it itself which is a, a port barge covered in black tar. So it might actually not be black tar. This thing might actually be alive. They don't really want to respond to you, Kip, because they are hard at work trying to do what they need to do. And, and they're trying to do it as quickly as possible. Hey, Kip, why don't you, uh, you're pretty strong, right? Um, I'm decently strong. Yeah, why don't you help him out a little bit? Okay. He goes over and helps hold up one of the things. What is Kip's strength? Uh, 14. Yeah, that's more than enough. Yeah, you're totally strong enough to pick up one of these fuel cells. One of the creatures chitters at you and says, uh, Hey, man, what you doing? Why are you picking that up now, eh? I'm helping, man. You put that back. That's ours. You don't take that. I- I'm not taking it, yo. I'm, I'm, I'm bringing it with you. What? You porter? Why does everybody think I'm a porter? I'm just trying to, like, help my fellow man, you know? Do a good cool, deed, cool. and then you pay well, it say, for it. You put it on the thing. Drop it down, please. <laughs> oh, okay. So he just walks onto the skiff and, and puts it down, and then just kind of, like, leans up against it. Like, yeah, this is, uh, this is a pretty good... Uh, well, don't just stand there. Uh, go get the next one. <laughs> Lazy <porter. laughs> Ask oh. them if they've seen anything suspicious while you're doing this. I'm hard at work. C- can one of you do it? He goes over and grabs the next one. Hey, you, blue lady, what you talking about? Suspicious. Uh, just ships coming in, just coming in for fuel, not taking anything in or dropping anything off. What? No, lady, we, we just get here. We pick up the fuel cells. We gotta go back. Uh, where are you taking those fuel cells? To the ship. Which ship? He gives you an eye of like, yeah, the ship. Which ship? The can, I make ship a per- can I make a persuasion check? Against him? Mm, what do you... He, I mean, okay, sure. Yeah, make you make a persuasion check. I will make a opposed check. I'm not going to tell okay. you what that is. All right. That's a nat 20 uh, wow. plus six. Okay, I, I have a nat one. <laughs> he was going to try to deceive you. Mm-hmm. And instead, he just names the ship already. Now, chat. 
this ship is the principal. This is the pirate. This is the ship that has been absconded. It is an Elithids merchant spell jammer ship. It is a nautiloid vessel. And it, the episode title is into the belly of the beast of a Boeing. So chat, what is the name of this ship that properly reflects the quality 1980s A-team theme we're going for? As this little Neogi, instead of lying, actually just thinks he's lying and says the name of the <laughs> ship as it is. I imagine it's like that scene from Family Guy where he's like looking around for things to come up with and accidentally says the exact name of the ship. He says, it's called the Kaiser Soze. All right. And then his eyes go wide and he's like, whoa, whoa. And they're like, what you doing, Tommy? Stop it. This is wrong, man. Get the fuck out. Tommy, was it? Thank you. We needed that. Thanks. Kip. Oh, shit. I give him my best winning smile. Kip slaps him on the back. Thanks, man. He collapses. Um. (laughs) Oops. They're like, let's get out of here. They've only got two of the fuel cells aboard because they were only able to get one of them and the other one that Kip brought on. And one of them moves up and, and slaps the front of the ship. And he's like, get going, man, get going. We got to get out of here. They know. Well, I guess we need to hop on the ship. Yeah. I'm going to run and jump on after them. It had, the ship has not moved at all. Oh, what would oh okay. You to do? Well, I'm still going to run and jump on after them. That sounds beautiful. (laughs) You sail gracefully. The camera pans down. The camera pans down and we see this jump of Zahira. It looks magnificent. The camera timing, like the camera speeds up. So it looks like you've gone even slower as you slowly jump off the ship. Your hair twirls back. But honestly, your character jumps maybe three feet in total. (laughs) And there's a person with a hair blow dryer that blows your hair back as you do the jump. And it takes you three takes to get this right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so we come back. You've gracefully landed mm-hmm. on the ship. And uh, what would you like to do? I'm just going to wait for it to move. Okay. Yeah. What are you doing, Fennec? Mal is just going to calmly walk over to the ship and wave at the little Nagi. Thank you very much for your assistance. It's greatly appreciated. Perfect. And Kip? He's going to just pick up the the Neogis and like put them down off the ship. Like, no, we got this. All right. So you're okay. Cool. Uh, we are now into combat. The Neogis themselves do not wish for you to attend with them on the skiff. They are going to fight you to get uh, to make sure that you don't stay aboard the ship. Uh, the third fuel cell sits there alone on the ship on the the pier as you begin to pull away. This is not a, a pretty difficult combat, but the Neogi get to go first. And so two of the tiny Neogi, the small ones, their names are Billy and Chong. And Billy and Chong both uh, both try to bull rush Kip and try to knock him off the vessel and out into the ether. I have a 19 and a 14 to hit for these guys. What is your armor class? Uh, 13? Okay, let's make an opposed strength check so that they see if they can uh, push you off. I'll just have one roll with advantage uh, on the attempt to push Kip off of the skiff. 
And I have a 14 total on my strength athletics check to push Kip off the skiff. Oh, no. I, you said strength athletics? Yes. Did I have to roll two? That's, yes, that's a, you have to make a, a please check. Oh, no. You have failed. And you have failed by exactly five. So you are pushed off of the skiff. <gasps> and you must now make a dexterity saving throw or you're going to fall... Okay, that is a long way down. That is a 15. Okay, you have caught hold of one of the barnacles and the thick black tar of the ship, and you are hanging there on the edge. That was two of their turns. One of them, Fennec, has picked up a monkey wrench, and he wields it with authority, and he says, Hey, man, you get off my ship! And he goes to hit you, but misses with the monkey wrench and does not seem to get a success on you. While Zahira is facing off against the other one, uh, the other med- small-sized Neogi, who scurries up and tries to stab you with a shiny-looking dirk. But it's only like this big. It's like three inches mm-hmm. big. So he's going to stab you with his shiny dirk. He gets a 12 to hit. I don't think that beats your armor. That does not be my armor class. Okay. It is now we move to the player's turns, and it is Zahira followed by Melancholy and Kip at the same time. Zahira, what are you doing with your turn? All right. Um, I'm going to look at the uh, little Niyogi that I'm facing off with, and I'm going to point at him, and I'm going to say, Hey, when do dark elves go to sleep? What? When they're feeling drowsy. Um, and I am casting... Dude, I don't play Pokemon. I don't, I don't play Pokemon, man. I am casting Tasha's hideous laughter on him. You gotta catch them all, you know. <laughs> uh, he is going to roll his wisdom saving throw. Uh, another nat one. Nice. Yeah. Things got dark on A-Team that day as this little four (laughs) four to six-legged creature with his two spindly arms carrying his big wrench fell to doom and death. At one point, he passed a daisy, a a potted petunia, and a whale. But that's a different story. Is there anything else you'd like to do with your turn? Uh, No, that's going to be it. All right. Fennec. Seeing Kip fall over, he's going to get down and try and help pull Kip back up. And spend Excellent. Yeah. All right, please describe your action to help Kip. So seeing Kip purchased by the very tips of his fingers, she reaches down and claps his forearms. It's like, all right, I'm going to try and pull you up. Ready? <laughs> yeah. All right. Who is making the uh, advantaged strength athletics check to pull Kip up? Is Kip going to pull himself up or are you going to pull Kip up? Uh, I I can try doing it. <laughs> I have a plus two for athletics. Uh, Kip can do it. I have a plus one. <laughs> plus, you're Kip not, will so be you're fine. Plus. He'll be okay. So let's be realistic here, folks. Everyone watching at home sees that our wonderful characters are not proficient, proficient in athletics. <laughs> Without this proficiency, they are harnessing their brute natural strength, which is just above average for both of them. <laughs> what brute natural strength? Yeah, that's why Zahir is making people laugh. Mm -hmm. All right, and you rolled a? I rolled for the strength check, and I got a a nine again. 
That is not enough to pull yourself up. You rolled with advantage, right? Oh, no. I get advantage? Yes. Well, you you have Fennec helping you. You have Melancholy down there holding your forearms trying to pull you up. That second roll was worse. Oh, my. (laughs) That was a five. Okay. Oh, no. So we all realize that while Sean Connery did lose his hair and has a brilliant white beard in the movie Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade... He is a very strong, big man. When he hauls Harrison Ford up and they clasp hands, that is not what we see here. Instead, we see Kip flail, pull on Mal, start to slide Mal off the edge of the skiff. You're now belly... belly almost over the edge of the skiff and your black vest that you wear has been grabbed by Kip and it's coming off as Kip starts to slide ever further to his doom. It's it's the bad guy's turn and there's three of them. So two of them are going to attack Zahira. Mm. I have a 18 to hit and a three. So yeah, the 18 is going to hit. The three is super not. You get stabbed brutally for three points of damage. Oh no, so brutal. Yes, he catches you in the calf with his his little pruning dagger. um, And he says, he says, take that egg, I'm gonna stick you good. Ah! But the other two... I didn't have any armor there, that hurts. Because the other two have now moved to try to push Melancholy off the (laughs) skiff. Great! They're just working together, so they have advantage on the roll. Oh, that's lovely. This is fun. I have a natural 18, so they've beaten your armor class. They have technically grappled yeah. you. And now we are going to attempt a opposed strength athletics check to keep from you falling off the edge of the ship. Oh, goody. This is great, you guys. I have an 11. Four. Fennec, ah. I will remind you. That I gave you inspiration at the start of this game. Can I use that to reroll, please? <laughs> no, because that's not how inspiration is used. It is used to be spent in advance with advantage. And so, you have lost by more than four. You need to also now make a dexterity saving throw to not fall off the edge. However, I am not evil. So before you roll, if you lose the vest... Just let the vest go. Basically let Kip fall back onto the barnacle and hang there for dear life. And he will need to make a dexterity saving throw with a difficulty of four when uh, when his turn comes around. And then he still gets an action. If you lose the vest, I will allow you to have a reroll. All right. She's like, fuck it, and wiggles out of it somehow. (laughs) And it goes, It just slides right. Whoa, you actually took the vest off. (laughs) Commitment to the bit, man. Okay. Commitment to the bit. You do not fall to your doom uh, at all. You don't even need to roll. I'm happy with what you've done and <laughs> strived for here. You, the vest goes away and you're now laying there shirted on the skiff. The skiff has started to move away from the pier and um, leaving that third fuel vessel, fuel cell behind. Kip, it's your turn. Okay, so I have this cool ability called Benign Transposition, where I can use my action to teleport up to 30 feet to an unoccupied space that I can see. See? Okay. So I'm going yep. to use that and just teleport okay. up to the Wait. edge of the ship. But you you can't see the edge of the ship because you're hanging from that barnacle. I can see the, the, the lip, right? Attention. But you can't see where you would need to be. You're hanging there 
under almost underneath the ship imagine you're just under there um and if you could only see over it's like when obi-wan is hanging there in the phantom menace and darth maul looks over that's the only thing that you can see is when darth maul looks over so if you wanted to try to like kip up and then make the roll i would totally allow to do that yeah. but you need to make your dexterity saving throw at a difficulty of four well i got i got a nine Yay! That's more than enough. You're hanging there just fine. Grabbed like three appendages are locked onto the side of this skiff and it it thrums with delight at your um, hanging on to whatever this barnacle actually might happen to be because I believe this skiff might be alive. Yeah. <laughs> so then, yeah, he'll just try to like get up enough that he can see something useful and teleport to it. Okay, perfect. Yeah, make your athletics check to pull yourself up, and then you may, of course, you spend your spell slot and appear wherever you like. In fact, you could appear in the air a little bit and land on one of these Neogi if you'd like to. Uh, I might as well spend my inspiration just to be safe. All right, done. Spending inspiration. Wrong person. Uh, so that is a 16 more you can even you know it's that's such a good role such you've used your inspiration i'll allow you an attack role as you land to kick one of these neoki if you would like to hell yeah i'll do that Ooh, that is really good so uh would that count as an unarmed strike yeah sure 21 so that's three damage <laughs> the neoki flies off the yeah! <laughs> nice yes the, that, beautiful love it all right, moving on. It is the bad guy's turn. So they will attempt now, the remaining two. One of them will try to stab you, Zahira, and fail. He rolled, he rolled an eight. The other one nice. will attempt to push Mal off the ship one final time. Probably not going to work out. Uh, no, I have a 15. Does that beat your, beat your armor class? My armor class is 16. No, it does not quite beat your armor class. Oh, but he has advantage on you because you're prone. I was hoping Uh you wouldn't remember that. No, I rolled a seven, so even worse. He has not (laughs) succeeded. It's just one of the little guys, and he's hanging out, and he looks at you all, and he takes his move action to move to the back of the skiff near one of the fuel cells, and he pulls his pruning knife out, and he points it at one of the fuel cells, and he's like, don't move a move, man. I'll cut it. I'll cut it and kill us all. I don't care. I'm crazy that way. Do we have any idea if that would actually do anything? Or like, do we do we think he's bluffing? It's the heat of battle, and it is Zahira's turn. All right. I'm just going to run up to him, and I'm going to uh, slice down at him with one of my scimitars. Whoa, okay. You pull a scimitar yes. out, and you're just going to get I pull, actually, whack. no, cinematically. You know, they're both, like, holstered on my back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I reach up and I pull them both out at once and I just, I just charge at him yes. uh, with both of my scimitars out. All right. You hit, you kill this thing. Please describe all of that. All right. I don't even have to roll for it. No. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I, um, all right. So I slice down at it with, uh, the scimitar in my right hand um, and then I slice down at it again with the one in my left hand, and it freezes and stops moving, and um, its body just, like, slides apart because I've cut through it in, like, two different directions. Oh, horrible. <laughs> just schluck, 
and falls into sashimi on the floor of the delicious. All right, Kip and Mal, after vomiting, watching what Zahira has done, what do the two of you do to the remaining Neogi that looks back and forth at all you large creatures to it and says, don't kill me, man. Are you going to tell us where the ship is? You're still laying on the ground. You roll over and you yes, say, lay over. Hello. Hey, man, the ship's over there, eh? The strike a pose. Hey, tell us where the ship is. Yeah, the, the ship is totally over there, eh? It's like, I don't know, we just sit on this thing until it takes us to where we need to go, eh? Perfect. So then, this, sh- I'm assuming, is going to the ship in question your friend told us about. Yeah, he wasn't my friend, eh? I didn't like him at all. Yeah, it was a good thing he died. <laughs> I'm with you, you know? Right. Go angry people with horns, yeah! All right. Well, you tend to be angry when someone tries to push you off and hundreds hey man of you were trying to steal our skiff and take it from us and you knew what was going on i mean you knew the pirates had done a thing so i <laughs> you know i'm with you now <clears throat> good choice weapons please yeah okay he hands you the pruning knife so like it's actually a um a potato peeler <laughs> right well, i will hang on to this until we get back to the port yeah it's yours man good Slips i think into a pocket i think we should tie him up though yeah, you you do. I mean, I, I don't think it's necessary. And, uh, you guys don't look like you have any rope. So. No, I think you're right. I think we need to tie him up. We, oh, come on, that lady. I'm good. For, I'm good for it. You can trust me. I, I I usually take offense when people are trying to make me fly without my my consent. You take fences? Holy shit! That's a good fever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think I have. Mal reaches into a backpack. I think I have some rope here somewhere. Oh, shit. Yeah, never go anywhere without rope, man. Yeah, it sounds like a good way to go. I, I never go anywhere without a good joint, but, you know, whatever floats your... <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll be taking that, too. Yeah. No, I already I already smoked the spinif on the skiff. We did that on the way here. <laughs> That's not cool. Dude. Well, maybe if you had something to share with us, we wouldn't have to tie you up. But no, I'm still tying them up. Yeah. Okay. All right. Make a uh, make a use rope check. What is that? Yeah. Good job. That's a survival. Oh man, my favorite skill: use rope. Yep. In three point five, that was an actual skill. I believe it's now survival in this game. So more more than gladly make a survival check. But guess what? Since you probably aren't proficient in survival, are you? Anybody? Uh, partially proficient. I'm going to make the roll for you, because then you won't know if you did a good job or not. I mean, I have plus two to survival. I've got plus Ooh, four. Yes. Ooh, got a once zero. again. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, since you aren't proficient, I will make the, uh, I'll make the check for you. You won't know one way or the other. But this skiff that seems to be uh, thrumming wherever Kip steps... And only for Kip. Mm. You just you oh can my. feel it vibrating, Kip, for you. The skiff makes its way through the clouds. And as it comes through the clouds, you see the ship in front of you. So if chat's there and has a name for our ship, I would love it if the three of you could describe this ship for me and the things that are upon it as this thing comes into sight against the stars above. For the figurehead, it's not a traditional like woman's face or sea creature. It's actually 
an illithid with the mouth open to reveal the teeth and the tentacles okay. kind of spread out. Okay. Some sort of illithid thing mounted to the front of it. Yep. I think it, it almost uh, kind of looks like it could be like a catamaran almost, but it's like okay. the, the two like separated sides are really dense. So it almost looks like maybe two ships were like connected. Cool. Two ships connected. And we'll cut the catamaran walkway across and it's actually just joined two two ship pieces. It looks like it's come together. And Mac, what's something else about this ship? How does it propel itself, perhaps? It has like elithid like tentacles on the back of it that kind cool. of, you know, move inward and outward as if it's swimming through space. Much like a squid would. I love it. That's mm, great. Exactly like a squid. Yeah. Yes. And so those things move in and out. And Fennec, um, how does it steer? Does the elithid thing mounted at the front, is that actually how it steers as well? Yeah. So if it twists a certain way, it will turn it. If it twists another way, it will turn it. I love it. And of course, because there are two pieces of this, there are actually two elithid thingies in the front that do the steering and the big propulsion thing is doubled up on the back as well. I love it. That's great. That's what we see as we zoom up to it. People are calling it the probable cause. (laughs) The canard. That's all I've got right now. So I'll call it the probable cause. I like it. Yes. I love it. And as you arrive, the side of it opens up very organically. So picture like a, a sphincter opening spiraling out as you can see into the hold of the ship as your little skiff with your tied up Niyogi make preparations to dock in the hold of the probable cause. And it is here that we will take our break. We'll be back in 10 minutes on the button. I see that it is 10.33 Mountain Time. Hopefully it's 11.33 or 12.33 or 9.30. Wherever you are, it's probably something 33. And as a result, we'll be back shortly at 43 after the hour. Yay. See you guys. This has been Morty's Devils, a weekly podcast captured from the season one twitch.tv live stream actual play Dungeons and Dragons game using episodes from 1970s, 80s, and 90s dramatic television as our inspiration for adventure. Interested in finding out more about Morty's Devils? Find us on Twitter at Morty's Devils or send an email to DM at gmail.com. Season 2 will begin airing soon on August 30th on twitch.tv slash unmadegaming at 11pm Eastern Time. Hope to see you there. The theme song for Morty's Devils is Let the Night Fall from Dragonette's 2016 Royal Blue album. Interested in their music? Check them out on iTunes or on Twitter at Dragonette, or find them online at www.dragonetteonline.com. Morty's Devils is a Tavern Tales production, and in Morgan Kynan's words, keep the balance.